Welcome to another edition of the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. In fact, the 52nd edition of the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. I am Jack Walker. With me, as always, is the Director of Technical Service, Paul Ajamis. You know, I kind of felt bad. Uh, we got an email this week where somebody called you Paula. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he did put the little smiley, you know, thing <laughs> after it. I think I had some snarky <laughs> remark I made back at him. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah, it Next is. thing you know, everybody, you're going to go to like SSPC and everybody's going to call you Paula. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Doctor, absolutely. Anyway. As you can tell, we're, we're doing a little reminiscing. Yes. Jack mentioned this is episode 52. For those of you who haven't paid attention, 52 weeks is the amount of weeks in a year. Haven't paid attention or uneducated, <laughs> yeah. those things, yeah. you know. So this is our last one of our first year. I am amazed. I'm speechless. One, that we've come up with this many topics. That's right. And Two, that they... Have let us. Yeah. <laughs> but they still let us do it. I mean, that was really the big thing at the beginning of all of this was, how long are we going to be allowed to do it? Will everybody get it? Will, will the company support it? And, you know, we keep trying to cross the line... And we haven't found the line yet, which is impressive. Right, right. Well, I mean, we do get in trouble from HR. HR and once we... in a while. But the, really the best part is our boss has been supportive in what we're doing. He's been helping us, making sure that, that we don't get into real trouble. And he defends us against HR. So every time they come and hit us, he sticks up for us. So we picked on him a couple episodes ago, but I'd, I'd like to say a big thank you to Mr. Dwayne Meyer for his support of this thing over this whole year. That's right. Thanks, Dwayne. Paul, real quick, how do they get a hold of us? Yeah, they can reach us at technicalservice at carboline.com. They can get us on Twitter. Jack's at Jack underscore CTSP. I'm at Paul underscore CTSP. And again, that is Paul with just one A. <laughs> I think I'm going to start calling you 2A Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I've been called worse. So, 2A Paul, what we're going to do, well, earlier in the week, we were talking about a topic, and you and I landed on opposite sides of the topic. So, we're going to play out that topic today on the show. But what I want to talk about before we get into all of that is so many times people call us looking for the definitive answer. And what we're going to prove today is that there might not be a definitive answer, and both of us can still be right. That's right. That's exactly how this worked out, was we both had an opinion. The opinions are right by the writings, by the pictures, by the standards, and we were on opposite sides of it. We like to say we live in the gray, right? Tech service is here to interpret the gray. Well, sometimes, presented with the same information, you could come up with totally different opposite answers. This is one of the things that aggravates us so much in tech service is when we get company, get somebody calling in, and we will call it, it's a fishing expedition, where they'll call in and they don't like the answer they get, so they call in again and try to get somebody else. Maybe give a little different information. Maybe explain it a little differently. Trying to get the information that they want by posing it a little differently or sometimes just catching somebody if you just came off of a really complicated call, you may think that this is complicated as well. Maybe you came off a really easy one. You're like, oh yeah, no problem. Just scuff sand it and put it on. Well, and that's the thing. One of the themes that we've talked about constantly through this show, through all 52 episodes, is every little thing matters. 
every little thing has an effect on recommendations, service life. Every little thing she does. What? Oh, that was really bad police yeah, singing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Um, barely got the melody there. <laughs> I, I never pretended to be a singer. Like I say what we're not going to do is have a Carbline Tech Service talent <laughs> show because I would win. Hands down. <laughs> See, and I'm not even going anywhere about the fact that you would win because you weren't able to make it as a musician that you wanted to be. Oh, that's, that is the, the long sideways story of how I'm in paint. Got told no by every record label. But hey, at least I got to the point where every record label told me no. And what it did was it let Jack learn how to work a mixing board to the point that he could put this thing together <laughs> right? so that him and I could sit down and create this thing that we've now been doing for 52 weeks. See, so it did mean something. So anyway, all right, the ar- argument this week. We're talking about steel surface prep, and uh, we talked about this in episode 33 with uh, Dan Barabalt, and I posed the notion that it is impossible to get an SP5, an SSPC SP5 NACE number one in the field. And so what we're going to be talking about in today's episode is NACE one, SP5, compared to NACE two, SP10. So that's really the heart of what we're talking about. So we're going to use those terms interchangeably. I know I frequently end up just spitting out the SP5, SP10. I don't know. It seems like that's the ones I learned first when I was doing this. So real quick, let's let's just give a, a quick review of each one is. The NACE 1 slash SSPC SP5, which probably for the rest of the episode will be shortened to SP5, Yep, is a white metal blast cleaning. So the definition of a white metal blast cleaning, a white metal blast clean surface when viewed without magnification shall be free of all visible oil, grease, dust, dirt, mill scale, rust, coating, oxides, corrosion products, and other foreign matter. Excellently read, Jack. So then the NACE number two slash SP10, SSPC SP10, is the near white metal blast cleaning. The definition for that one is, a near white metal blast clean surface when viewed without magnification shall be free of all visible oil, grease, dirt, dust, mill scale, rust, coating, oxides, corrosion products, and other foreign matter. Random staining shall be limited to no more than 5% of each unit area of surface. There was the key. Yep. In parentheses, define that unit area as 3 inch by 3 inch. And here's the main difference when we get between SP5 and SP10. SP10 may consist of light shadows, streaks, or minor discolorations caused by stains of rust, stains of mill scale, and stains of previously applied coating. Now... Both of these standards reference the NACE and, SP, and SSPC VIS-1. The VIS-1 we talked about it in episode 33. It is the visual standard, and it's just a pictorial standard, of the different surface cleanliness methods. So you start with a rust grade A, B, C, and D, and then it gives you a picture of all the different, you know, SP5, SP10, SP6, SP7 gives you a picture of what that'll look like based off the initial rust grade. The key is the VIS-1 standard is the dry abrasive blast pictorials. Correct. So it doesn't cover the water jetting standards, but it covers all of the dry abrasive blast. So with the the VIS-1, you're going to use that in the field to help determine, you know, you, you evaluate your steel before you blast and you evaluate it afterwards using this pictorial standard 
to help you determine if you've reached your cleanliness. So hopefully you're going to get done. You're going to abrasive blast an area, put this picture next to it, and the inspector and the guy doing the blasting and the owner and anybody involved, the painter, everybody's going to look at it and go, yep, I agree. And you're going to go around, you're going to spot check all the different areas. It gives you some methods and some recommendations to, of some areas to check. Make sure that you get in those hard to reach areas and you compare this comparator to how does that steal. All right, so now let's get into the nitty gritty here. So my contention is, is that you never get a five in the field. That you only can get a five when you start with a rust grade of A, which is fresh, hot rolled steel, no rust on it, clean as can be. Now, keep in mind, although that is Jack's opinion, the visual standard says differently. Correct. But here's where my argument rests. The wording in the written standard is very specific to say that the written standard trumps the visual standard. That if there's any debate that the wording in the written standard is what should be followed, and for SSPC5, SP5, what it says here, and this is very important in my argument, <laughs> is that it shall be free of all visible oil, grease, dust, dirt, mill scale, rust, coating, oxide, corrosion products, and other foreign matter. It does not allow for any staining. Okay? And here's where we go into the definition of SP10. Okay? The definition of SP10 allows for 5% of each unit area, which the unit area <laughs> is really big, it's nine square inches, three inches by three inches, okay? And it allows for staining, and it defines the staining as light shadows, slight streaks, minor discolorations caused by stains of rust, stains of mill scale, and stains of previously applied coating. So I argue, when you look at the visual Viz 1, and you look at anything that has more rust than rust grade A, so you start with rust grade B, C, or D. That picture that says SSPC SP5 and what it looks like has minor discolorations caused by stains of rust. Well, SP5 in the written definition doesn't allow for that. However, when you look at the visual standard, there it is right there calling it an SP5. Now, one reason this is important, I think this is why the whole conversation started, is... Back in the day when you were lining a tank, it required an SSPC SP5 NACE 1. Now, keeping in mind, too, a lot of that reason was we were applying very thin coatings back in those days. Sure. There was a lot of stuff that, I mean, some of them were, were 25 and 30% solids products that you started off by diluting 10%. But I, at this point, defy you to find the manufacturer who has updated their product data sheets that requires anything more than an SP10 for lining service at this point. And my theory is that that is due to the fact that unless you are in a shop and have rust grade A, you aren't getting a five. Now, Paul, I'll step off my soapbox, let you get on yours. All right, it's that time again. You're listening to the podcast, but you're not. This is a commercial. It's time to remind you that uh, Carpaline pays the bills for this thing, so we want you to know that 
We're going to be at the International Workboat Show in New Orleans, November 28th through 30th. Come see us in booth number 1300 and ask us about our new CarboZinc 608HB. It's a fast, dry, high-build organic zinc. Once again, come see us at the Workboat Show in New Orleans, November 28th through 30th, booth 1300, and ask us about CarboZinc 608HB. Back to the show. So I have been of the opinion that even though the written standard says the written standard trumps the visual, what is written is not a good portrayal of what happens in the field. And when you're out in the field, the visual standard rules. Nobody ends up going back to the written one and saying, the written describes something, even though this picture looks differently. Are you saying painters don't know how to read? (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) I am saying if given the opportunity, they would rather have a picture. This is part of what we get to is you've got these scenarios where you're inside of a tank, and I'll agree with Jack, in the field, it becomes much more difficult to get these levels of cleanliness. Because you're in a dark space, you don't have good lighting, you, can't, you don't have good visual, and once you start blasting, you can't see your hand in front of your face. Which is why I think in any rust-grade condition, when the blaster is blasting the surface, he is going to be at or very, very close to an SP5 in most scenarios if they're doing it well. And the big difference is going to come down to there's going to be a spot. If you keep moving your three inch by three inch sure. viewer around, you're going to find a spot where they probably missed it totally. Well, but the spots that they got are going to visually look like the visual standard, which I agree. The visual standard for a, surf, a rust grade C done to an abrasive blast of five does not look like it is free of staining. So what you're saying is if they're trying to achieve a 10... Just by the nature of the process, they're going to achieve a five. Yes. And I could see that point. But my argument is, is the written standard trumps all per the written standard. And the visual standards actually disagrees with the written standard. We can agree on that point. Oh, yeah, we do agree on that point. The, The, The visual standard does not give a visual pictorial of what the written standard says. Correct. Anything other than rest grade A. So if you're following along. I say a five is impossible to achieve. And Paul says if you're shooting for a 10, you're going to get a five. And what this exercise has proven is that if you think about something long and hard enough and you overread and overanalyze the written word and you overread and you overanalyze the pictorial standard, you can draw multiple conclusions. This doesn't mean that either Paul or I are wrong. Somebody at SSBC or NACE might say that we're both wrong. (laughs) And we might get into one of those situations like the Constitution where we argue the intent of the document. And and that really is where we're at with this one. (laughs) And what I will tell you is I believe we're both right. And I guess not that I want to wrap up what we're doing, but kind of putting a bow on this. If they achieve either of these levels, their chances of having a failure based on surface prep, are pretty low. Correct. We are literally arguing semantics. Yeah, over something that has already exceeded the minimum requirement. Mm -hmm. Correct. And why this is important to us is we have these situations all the time. Not necessarily SP5 versus SP10, but situations that 
are comparable in the fact that you can read something and argue and, and come to two very different conclusions. That's right. We run into this a lot. Similar things happen with, well, what's your minimum adhesion level that you need to get? And I think that's an episode all to itself. Oh, it really is because we're talking about what's acceptable, what is expected, what is required. All of those are going to be, you know, there's going to be variations and there's going to be so much dependent on the rest of the conditions. Well, just like this was, did it start as an A, a B or a C or a D? If you haven't gotten out your Viz standards by now, yeah. you should, you should probably get one and look at it to see yeah, what it is we're talking about. And, and if you don't have one, find somebody that has one and, and ask them to take a look at it or order one. If you're an inspector and you don't own a Viz one, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. You really need this. The Viz one. And we don't even get any commission on this one. Right? Uh, NACE, uh, SSVC, you can send those payments to uh, (laughs) care of Jack and Paul. (laughs) One thing that's, you know, you got to remember, like Paul said earlier, is with that huge unit area of nine square inches, (laughs) think about that in comparison to the average size of a tank that you do. It really is. You're looking at it through, through tunnel vision. To its utmost degree. And, and to, you know, get on my soapbox again, if you, you have a tank that you have a thousand square feet, if one nine inch square area has any staining, you are no longer a five. Right. You're a 10. Yeah. Yeah. And notice one of the things that we decided not to have in this discussion, because quite honestly, in reality, there's probably more areas that fit the definition of an SP6 than fit the definition of an SP5 when somebody is shooting for an SP10 and doing a surface prep. Well, sure, but this thing's only 10 minutes long. And actually, <laughs> this one particular episode's a little bit longer, but I, I think we've kind of beat the horse again. <laughs> and we, we've proven our point that sometimes things are left open to interpretation. The, the fact of the matter is, though, like Paul said already, is if you get your five or your 10, you're going to have a successful job and lower your chances of failure significantly. Right. All right. So to bring it back around, there are multiple ways to interpret documents. Sometimes. Yeah. And we are always going to push you towards the way that is going to increase your chances of success. All right. Well, I think that's enough on this controversial topic for today. I know. Paint controversy. <laughs> and stay tuned. Like we said, this was the end of year one. So I don't know. Are we going to call it year two? Season two? But we got some special stuff coming up for you. I can't believe it's not butter. Wait. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I got nothing. Yeah. We do have some big things coming up. We're excited. We are doing our taping with our biggest guest yet this Thursday. And it'll be next week's episode. And it'll be the big celebration of... Uh, one year of doing this thing. So thank you very much for the support. Thank you, Dwayne, again for all that you do. And thank you, Carboline, for allowing us to continue to do this here thing that we have so much fun doing. And we'll see you next Monday. Thanks, everybody. Who put the line in Carboline? Who put the line in Carboline? No matter where I go, Say, Carl.